electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I share everybody's discomfort uh, with watching somebody who wears makeup for a living uh, pretend to be an expert. Yeah, I resemble that remark. I I, I understand. (laughs) I'm John Fort. Welcome to Fort Knox Podcast Edition from CNBC. Access rich ideas and powerful people. This is episode four of Fort Knox. Last week was a special Thanksgiving edition where we talked religion and culture. You got to check it out. Uh, The weeks before, we had Alexis Ohanian, co-founder of Reddit, and AMD CEO Lisa Su. So first of all, thanks for this strong launch. Please keep sharing it and telling your friends. Keep listening. We've, We've got this podcast edition. There's also a live edition of Fort Knox Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. And that's where I get to hear from you guys. Uh, The best way to get in on that is to head over to my Facebook page, J-O-N-F-O-R-T-T, and like it. Then pop in if you can. Of course, please share this podcast on SoundCloud, especially on iTunes. Subscribe. uh, Share it with everybody. Now, this week's conversation will be a treat. If you're a culture junkie of a certain age, you probably remember The West Wing, a seven-season TV drama about an earnest American president and his idealistic staff. One of the main characters was Josh Lydon, played to snide perfection by Bradley Whitford. What you might not know is that The West Wing wasn't a one-off for Bradley. He's played a lot of political types since, including a fictional senator in Alpha House and Hubert Humphrey in All the Way. He's also taken up a couple of political causes, particularly climate change. That's the subject of an episode of the National Geographic show, Years of Living Dangerously. He's in it, and you can see it on demand right now. Now, all of that makes Bradley Whitford an interesting guy to talk to for Fort Knox, since we're all about rich ideas and powerful people. Not only has he used his craft to tell the stories of powerful people, but he's also using his Hollywood influence to push some ideas of his own. So what does he think of today's political environment? What's he doing in a movie written by half of the Key and Peele comedy duo? And what is it with actors who think they're policy experts? Find out now. Here's Bradley Whitford. You play a lot of political characters. Yes, I have. If somebody handed you a script that was this year's presidential (laughs) election, would you believe it? No, absolutely not. It's terrible. Uh, writing. It's bad writing. Uh, you, uh, no, no, you, you, you can't imagine it. I mean, I, I, it's, it's frustrating to me, um, uh, and it kind of has to do with uh, what I was able to explore in this uh, um, documentary series about climate change that we'll be able to talk about. There is such value, such uh, entertainment 
value and I guess a certain amount of political value in uh, sort of hyping up partisan uh, positions. Um, uh, it, it reaches this this crazy point where um, we forget that politics, uh, you know, is more than a horse race. Right. It's certainly more than a reality show. Uh, it's getting to be like sports. Right. Like you're rooting but, for a certain team, not right. for any particular goal other than seeing that team run up the score. But we have to remember that the stakes are high and the consequences are real. And uh, what what's interesting about um, Years of Living Dangerously, uh, this documentary series I was working on, has to do with this kind of partisan divide. Mm-hmm. My particular episode was about uh, how do we deal with people we totally disagree with uh, politically in a respectful way. Um, is it effective uh, to uh, look for common ground? And you get a little coaching before you go in to talk you, to a couple uh, of people. You do get people. coaching. And look, we all, there's nothing more satisfying than sort of beating your chest and saying, you know, haha, people who disagree with me are, are morally bankrupt idiots. It feels good. Um, but it's not a very productive way to move forward. And what was exciting about what I was learning uh, through the Citizens Climate Lobby, which is the group that kind of trained me in this, how to reach across the partisan divide, specifically on climate change, uh, you, you, you do learn that there is common ground. One of the most interesting things to me, honestly, about working on this was <laughs> I was uh, talking uh, to a congressman off camera and I realized that he, he was saying that there are a lot of issues where there is a lot of common ground. But they can't get the political will maybe to... Well, it's it, it's an interesting it, it's an interesting question. Yes, part of it is political will, but I, uh, but basically, if they seem too cooperative with the other side, they'll get primaried out. Uh. So I said, so you're saying that elections are bad for democracy? And he said, <laughs> yeah, they're terrible, <laughs> which is which is a little ironic. Is this the congressman? I mean, I, I noticed in the documentary, which people should definitely check out, you go to, I think it's Florida, because yes. you are looking at rising sea levels and the impact on some of the uh, barrier islands. And there's a congressman who this group, you know, managed to get support for, uh, for the issue among mayors in his area. Yes, so Carlos, felt like- Carlos Curbelo, okay. uh, uh, the 26th district in Florida, who is a fantastic example of a uh, uh, a congressman who's I, I I I have to say I don't even think it's a political risk. I think that a a lot of uh, Republican congressmen are realizing that they want to be part of the solution. Their uh, their constituents are saying especially in coastal areas, this is a problem. And we're flooding when the sun is shining. 
this is a this is a problem. Yeah, when there's water in your living room, it doesn't matter. Right, and it's not raining outside. Something, yeah. something, something's going on. Um, and they understand that demographics are destiny. Mm-hmm. I think younger people are a lot more impatient with people resisting the the scientific consensus on this issue, and they understand that not global global warming and uh, you know rising ocean levels are not an abstraction anymore they're actually happening so citizens climate lobby not coincidentally is having the greatest success with uh, rep- representatives of coastal areas Lee Zeldin in the first district of New York has been fantastic on this sh- this issue and what and what Citizens Climate Lobby is doing is getting together on a strictly bipartisan basis. Mm-hmm. Focusing uh, on the issues. F- f- it, yes, focusing on climate change, the Climate Solutions Caucus. You can't join it unless you bring somebody from the other side of the aisle uh, with you. So um, uh, it, it was very interesting for me to see how productive it can be um, to go in in the least judgmental way you can you can get yourself <laughs> so I used to, to think I used to think that you know actors Hollywood why are they getting involved in politics and yeah, picking too. these co- but then I thought about it and nobody says, well, not as many people say that about CEOs or corporations. And I look at somebody like you who's played a lot of different roles in politics. You must be a student of the issues. You have some attention because of uh, the roles that you play. People know who you, why not, who better, right? Than people who perhaps study well, history, look, study these causes. I share everybody's discomfort uh, with watching somebody who wears makeup for a living uh, pretend to be an expert. Yeah, I resemble that remark. I I, I understand. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, 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 I have mixed mixed feelings about it. I'm not here. I, I'm here as a parent. I'm here as somebody who's as a citizen, somebody who's interested in this issue. I feel a little defensive about. Um, uh, I think a. A lot of Hollywood advocacy is is not in it's not in order to benefit our business. Mm. Uh, there's no there is as opposed to a lot of the people involved in politics are doing it in you know in order to find some advantage for for their business. Uh, this is something that. I also got to a point just when I had kids where I realized um, there's nothing less democratic than telling other people to shut up. So when they tell me to shut up, I think they should they they should shut up. And we do have a um, you know we have a, a, a guy who hosted a reality show running for president. So yeah, well I, I want to talk about some of the other work that you've done too because I was taking. Uh, a look at All the Way, and you yes. played Hubert Humphrey. Yes. <laughs> Hubert. And w- one of the things I liked about 
the, the direction that seems to take, and I haven't watched the whole thing, is that uh, LBJ, in some of the movie portrayals, has gotten a bad rap for what he uh, actually did to push the civil rights movement, maybe right. not getting the credit that, that he deserves, and also working across the aisle in this kind of almost Lincoln-like way to focus on an issue, spend political capital at great risk to his own political future, even though, yes. boy, he was an operator. Um, I, I think Brian Cranston, who, who plays LBJ, tells a story that after the scene wrapped where he signs the Civil Rights Act, you said something to the effect of, uh, there it is, that's the end of racism. <laughs> I was joking. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. I was joking. I also, I think I said because to, people said that when President Obama was elected too, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I was. I was. I was trying to play on that that joke. I think I also said to Anthony Mackey, "What more do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> but what what kind of parallel that then can you draw between fifty years ago and now? Given that, yeah, some people are saying, "There it is." That's the end of racism. Well, what, of course, what do you want? Uh, 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 of course, that's uh, that's absurd. The legacy um, of of slavery and of racism in this country um, uh, obviously uh, goes on, and there is a continuing fight to hold this country. What's fascinating to me about politics and about politics in this country. And what makes it incredibly frustrating and incredibly inspiring is that our task is to hold ourselves up to the spectacular promise of this country. It's terrifying to me that um, it's a very dangerous thing to think that racism is over. It's it's not over. There there have been a lot of attempts to disenfranchise African American voters, stunningly. Uh, in, in, the, in the last couple of election uh, cycles. It's a, you don't get equality. You don't get democracy. You, don't, you have to fight for it every day. That's, that's, that's what a democracy means. So how, what's the best way to do that? Because there's a lot of talk about getting the money out of politics. But, you know, this cycle... I think a lot of people, at least on the uh, Democratic side, mm-hmm. are, are happy that they have the most money <laughs> in, in politics, at least in this cycle. And some of the, the ground game things that uh, Hillary Clinton and her campaign is able to do. Um, is money in politics the issue, mainly, uh, as far as what's well, I can tell you, I, 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 I think the Citizens United decision is, is, is a disaster. Mm. Uh, I think it's a disaster specifically. It's very interesting with climate change. One of the most fascinating things about working on this that I realized that may be of interest to your audience is I assumed in a very sort of sloppy, uh, um, you know, perhaps lefty way that corporate interests uh, were leading the fight against dealing with climate change. And actually the opposite is true. Because corporations uh, uh, want predictability, right? And uh, climate change uh, generates tremendous, tremendous chaos. I mean, think about the fact: if the projections are right, if flooding continues in Florida, you may not be able. Florida may be uninsurable. 
Disney doesn't like that. Right, no, no, <laughs> Disney doesn't like it. And corporations like Coca-Cola and Mars, they're, uh, they're unable to get their, um, their supplies, their sugar supply uh, is being disrupted. The way the problem with Citizens United, most members of, uh, I believe, of the Chamber of Commerce uh, want to take action on climate change. The problem is the fossil fuels uh, 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 interests are, are are really fighting that, and that's a problem. In the elections, that's where people who step out to try to take reasonable action on climate change get, get can get primaried out. We're going to keep dipping in and out of climate change uh, because there's so much to cover with you. I know that you're also, uh, you worked on a movie called Get Out, Jordan <laughs> Peele. Yeah. I saw the trailer actually about a, a month ago on uh -huh. Facebook and I went, this is terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Right? Your, your, vo your voice was familiar to me, but I didn't, I didn't Recognize, I think you had some facial hair, yeah, a big goatee yeah, in it. I, I like and then that. when I was looking at IMDb, you know, before that, I was like, oh, oh my goodness, that's Bradley. So the funny thing to me was, so I watched this and I'm like, it's terrifying. And then I'm, I'm getting together with some of my white friends, and uh -huh. there's a new guy there who's, you know, maybe not as multicultural in his association. I'm like, but is this going to be scary to white people? Do you get why this is scary? And he watches it and he's like, no. He almost like, why is that? So I had to explain. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's really smart cultural humor. How did you get turned on to this project, which is well, basically, it seems, about a black guy who goes to visit the parents of his white girlfriend sort of out in the boonies, yeah. and then strange and freaky things Strange and, hor and horrible things happen. Well, first of all, uh, I'm the biggest Key and Peele fan <laughs> on the planet, and... I for years had been like tr saying to 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 Jordan, I like I'll do a background cross in any skit you do. I just think those guys are are, are brilliant. And uh, this movie came up, and I thought it would. I, I think it's I, I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea um, because, and it's amazing that race has not played a part in the horror genre uh, really since the original Night of the Living Dead. And, um, yeah, it's... It's just kind of been a trope. Like, black comedians will joke about how black people in horror movies act different from white people in horror yes. movies. Yes, yes. But this is a whole different take. Well, and it's just, it, it's so, it, it's very creepy. I mean, you know, we... Uh, uh, my gorgeous daughter brings home her African-American boyfriend, and I'm this kind of like, I'm saying, hey, my man, and, and you know, what's up with that, yo? You know, just <laughs> sort of like oddly obsequious uh, uh, things that an embarrassing father uh, might say to seem... I could have been a consultant. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, no, I've I have met that dad. <laughs> You've met that guy. I, like, yes. Uh, oh, so. if I could vote for Obama again, I would. <laughs> You know, I'm, just, I'm just saying, uh, and then slowly he realizes something's something's horribly wrong, and it turns out um, that we want to hypnotize, lobotomize, and domesticate him, <laughs> and then and then it gets crazy. I think it's an actually like a brilliant. Um, it'll be very interesting to me to see how this this movie is taken because it 
it, it deals with racism, and it deals with racism at the sort of reptilian brainstem level. Well, Bradley, you're a busy man. I appreciate you sitting down. My pleasure. Fascinating conversation. National Geographic, your documentary. Years of Living Dangerously. It's on Wednesday nights on uh, National Geographic. And on there's the a whole series of them. All right. And it's fascinating. Lots of big stars. David Letterman. Who else? Bradley Whitford. That's all people need to know. And, and Bradley Whitford. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Bradley Whitford. And again, you can see his episode of Years of Living Dangerously on the National Geographic Channel. Catch it on demand. And Fortnite's Live Edition is back this week. So join me at 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and Periscope. That's J-O-N-F-O-R-T-T. And also... Don't make this podcast just a one-time thing. Subscribe to Fort Knox on iTunes or Apple's podcast app, SoundCloud, just your podcast app of choice. Get the latest episodes as soon as they're out. And while you're at it, if you like what you've heard, leave a review. If you don't like it, just troll me on Twitter at John Fort. That's how the kids are flipping the bird nowadays. But seriously, hopefully you caught my conversations with Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian on democracy and civility, AMD CEO Lisa Su on her path to leadership, and a special conversation just last week on my family's struggle to find common ground despite some stark religious differences. And that might be timely at this particular moment around the world. And Fort Knox is just getting started. So subscribe, tell a friend, and tell me what you think. Facebook's the best way to get in touch. Like the page, J-O-N-F-O-R-T-T, and you can post a comment or just shoot me a one-on-one message. Anyway, thank you for lending an ear. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.